<laughs> All right, let's do this. Hey guys, I'm Parker Kane. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Upbeat. I share a lot of motivational stuff and info on social media, music, and entertainment, but I will also be sharing my personal experiences and interviewing all kinds of other people for their stories and their experiences, finding and pursuing what they really love to do. Let's get into it. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Upbeat. I'm your host, Parker Kane, and in this episode, I interview Ben and Jen, not Ben and Jerry's. I made that mistake a couple of times trying to record this intro. <laughs> uh, it's Ben and Jen from the Chesbro Music Company out of Idaho Falls and Teton Guitars. You might have heard that last week uh, from last week's episode because I recently just got a guitar from them that is absolutely incredible. Uh, and they're super nice and wanted to give you guys 10% off. So again, if you go to Chesbro Music to get something, tell them the code 0430 and they'll give you 10% off your purchase for coming from from this podcast. But let's just jump right on into it. This episode is so awesome and filled with tons of really valuable content. I hope you guys love it. So I'm here at 327 West Broadway in Idaho Falls at the Chesbro Music Company and home of Teton Guitars. Jen, Ben, ben. Jen and Ben. That's, that sounds awesome. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks. Glad to be here. <laughs> uh, so how long have you two been at Chesbro Music or with Teton Guitars? Um, so I've been with the company. I've actually worked here twice. So I worked here right out of high school for a couple of years and then went and did real estate and ended up coming back to music because that really is my passion. So I've been here um, a total of about 15 years, but more recently, 11? Uh, I've been here 11 years, almost. Teton's been around for 10 of those 11 years. And I've kind of almost always worked on Teton. We, we started the project fairly quickly after. Maybe I've been here longer than 11 years. I need to go count. <laughs> Either way, it's good to have you two because you definitely know the business. <laughs> uh, so what are your guys' roles in the company? I'm a marketing director for the wholesale division, and I also do product development, brand management. You're a YouTube star. <laughs> yes, I'm a YouTube star, and I'm uh, a model. I do a lot of modeling. <laughs> so I run all the social media for Teton. And I'm primarily in sales. So I have a regional sales ter territory that I um, sell to on the wholesale side. So if you're shopping in Wyoming, Montana, either of the Dakotas or Idaho, chances are they know who I am. And they've probably worked with me for a long time. Outside of that, in addition to the social media stuff, I also produce Teton TV, which is our YouTube channel. We have a filming studio uh, downstairs in our basement. Are we allowed to say that? It's like in the dungeon. <laughs> um, so it's downstairs. We, we built it ourselves and we produce our own video content down there. So I schedule the guests for that and do the video editing and that kind of thing to put that all together. Okay. And how exactly did Teton start? We had we had the a contract where we would distribute Ibanez products, Hoshino products, so Ibanez and Tama. That contract was kind of coming to an end. Uh, and that's where we started with Teton was we said, well, we needed something to offer to those music stores. They're going to need guitars. And we actually met the current factory um, through the owner's daughter. She was at NAMM show and she invited okay. us over to her booth. They're only building classical guitars at the time. And they made wonderful, beautiful classical guitars. 
Mm-hmm. They're all they hand build everything. They they were doing an amazing job with the classical guitars, and we're like, well, this is this is a start because it's just a teeny tiny factory. They'd barely opened when we met them. They're only about a year older than Teton is. It it's owned by mm-hmm. a family. The factory's okay. owned by a family. Now they're up to hundred employees or so. Wow. Uh, so it's grown a lot. When we first started, there was like eight people making guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we put in our first purchase order and it was not for too many units. It was just kind of a test. We wanted to see quality wise over a full production. And Eileen called me on the phone, which we've never talked. That's the only time we've ever talked on the phone. Normally email <laughs> back and forth or Skype or something like that. She called yeah. me. It is in the middle of the night, her time. And she's she must've saw this PO come in and she's like, it's going to take us a few months to make this. I'm yeah. like, oh, really? Because <laughs> we're, we're used to factories who were like, they made a lot of units. Mm-hmm. Uh, so turning in three, 400 wasn't a big deal. We yeah. didn't think that was a lot. Yeah. For them, that was like a really big purchase order. They weren't used to anything <laughs> yeah. like that. I so, can imagine. <laughs> um, but that was really refreshing. Like they didn't rush. That was that's what she was telling me. We're going to take our time to build this order. It's going to take us a few months to build it the way we know we need to build the guitars. Mm-hmm. I said, take as long as you need. It didn't. It got in a little later than we mm-hmm. were expecting, and we were fine with that because they came in and they were beautiful and they played well and they were what we were hoping they would be. Yeah, well, so. that's cool. And I actually just recently got a guitar from you guys. Yeah, Yay. thank you. <laughs> and I love it. It is like a really good guitar. I mean, I'm not a I haven't been playing guitar for a very a very long time, but I've been in music for a long time and I have a bunch of friends that play guitars and I've had them all stop by and look at, at this one by now and it's by far a favorite of any that I've seen and any that they've seen. So that's really cool that so many years later it's still that quality like like guitar that's being handmade and sent out for, for people to enjoy. At reasonable costs, too. That's what I think is really cool. Yeah, that was our philosophy when we started the mm-hmm. line. Because we had looked at some manufacturing options that would have brought the price significantly higher than what it was. And that it wasn't so much a issue with the price. Like, we knew if we were making the right product, people would eventually find it and, mm-hmm. you know, want to play on the guitars. But we, we wanted to look at our own philosophy. Like, what's Teton going to become? What do we want it to be someday? And it was that. We wanted mm-hmm. it to be really, really nice guitars that anyone can afford. So if you look at our price range, we go from about $300 up to about $800, $850 is kind of where we yeah. sit. Um, so very accessible to everyone. Like the $300 guitar, that could be a beginner guitar. Yeah. But they don't need, it's not a beginner guitar because they don't need a second guitar after that. They have yeah. a really nice guitar that they're going to learn on. It's really comfortable, plays great. They're going to have fun and enjoy playing on that guitar. They're not going to need to upgrade to something. And the other people are like uh, just gigging musicians, like guys who are weekend warriors. They don't have a ton of money. They can't go out and buy three and $4,000 guitars. And if they can, they don't want to play those guitars at some of the places they play every weekend. Yeah. So this is a real nice option where they can have a great sounding guitar and Teton provides them with something that they can play for years mm-hmm. and they can play it wherever they want. If they want to take it to a campfire, if they want to take it to their bar gig or whatever they want to do, it's available. That is really cool. So that was the mission like starting out and that's still the mission so many years later. 
That's awesome. It is. And then with what you guys, what you two do here, did you guys go to school for that? Or how did you guys get started working uh, for Teton? So I started working at Chesbro right out of high school. Um, I was homeschooled and I graduated a year early. So I was 17. Didn't want to live at home anymore. Kind of wanted to get out on my own. And my dad said, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to go to school? Are you going to get a job? If you're not going to go to school, then you should probably choose a job that you have a passion for, which mm-hmm. thanks dad. That was really good advice. <laughs> Go so um, I had played piano since I was like five or six years old. I spent a lot of time shopping music and, you know, in Chesbro, I had a friend who worked here and I just popped in one day for some sheet music. And, um, you know, that's, just kind of how it started. It was like, hey, what are you doing now that you graduated? Oh, I don't really know. Oh, well, I think they're hiring upstairs. So I actually started in the warehouse and I filled orders and processed inventory, put things away, did receiving and that kind of a thing. It's a little foggy of how I actually got into sales, but I think it was a fluke. I think it was (laughs) kind of, um, they needed a warm body to sit in a chair one day. Hey, will you answer the phones? This guy's out sick or something just really really random (laughs) and I was really good at it so that was kind of a newfound skill that I didn't even know I was a salesperson so I just kind of fell into that and started working in sales and I realized that I could build a career without really doing the school thing Mm -hmm. and I was a decent student but I didn't love school, which is why I graduated a year early. I just wanted to be done. Yeah, I just wanted to be finished. I really just did not enjoy studying, even though I was decent at it. It just, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a fun thing to be all cooped up and stuff. So I just discovered that that was really where I had a passion. I mentioned that I'd left and done real estate and, um, that was a really hardcore business. I'm not mean enough to sell (laughs) real estate. I really, really liked helping people and I had a passion for that, but I did not enjoy how aggressive. Yes. Very aggressive, very competitive. That just was not who I was. So I ended up coming back to music. And when I came back, the only spot they had open was in sales. I actually thought I would kind of end up back in the warehouse again. So I started in sales doing printed music, which I'd not done before. When I'd been in sales before, I'd just taken care of it, the accessory side, drumsticks, guitar strings, stuff like that. So now I was learning a different part of our inventory, getting a different skill set. And it seemed really ridiculous to me that we were having to transfer people back and forth. And I'm feeling like that's annoying on my side. It was probably annoying on the customer side. I, without really asking, just started taking all of their orders. Um, Not trying to cut in on anybody else, but just, (laughs) hey, there's no one available. I know how to sell drumsticks. Can I help you with that? Rather than having them hold or have to be called back or whatever. Again, it was just me trying to be helpful. It kind of was a fluke thing. Mm -hmm. When we lost that Hoshino line, we didn't need as big of a sales force. And it maybe at that point didn't really make sense to have these different divisions. And then it also was kind of like, hey, guys, Jen has already been 
doing this and it seems like it's working okay, can we just cross train everybody? So we went from a really large sales team that was very divided though. So there were mm-hmm. like five people selling sheet music and then seven people selling everything else. We were able to kind of like streamline that and yeah. just have everybody sell everything, which is how I got into the Teton side more of things going from sheet music to now I have to sell guitars, which I had some previous experience with, Mm -hmm. but now I get to really like focus on that brand and focus on growing it. And, you know, what are we going to do to get it out there and in people's hands? It's really amazing to sell a product that you believe in. Yeah. Cause I can sell anything to anybody, but that doesn't mean that I felt good about those sales sometimes, you know, going to bed at night. So it's really encouraging to say with absolute certainty, these are good guitars. They'll do well for you. People will buy them. I promise they sound good. They look good. You know, I own several pieces myself and not just because I got a good deal. Like I would have bought them anyway, you know. I really, really believe in the brand. Just With every fiber of my being, like, my family even teases me sometimes, like, would you stop talking about Teton? (laughs) Like, we get it. It's really great. I'm like, guys, I just, I'm so excited. I just, I can't not talk about it. So um, with all that social media stuff that I do and um, the artists that I take care of, I don't think I mentioned that before, but we have a team of endorsed artists Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of their go-to person here. So dealing with them, talking with them, hearing how much they love their guitars, how well they do for them. You know, Ben mentioned, oh, I can leave my really expensive other name brand guitar that I won't say right here at home (laughs) and I can take my Teton out. But really what happens is that people purchase multiple Tetons. So we have several artists that own three or four Tetons, different sounds, tones, body shapes, things like that. And again, it's just really amazing to see their, you know, their um, loyalty to the brand, I guess, Mm -hmm. and how they're just as invested as we are. So I'm running around with my family being, (laughs) yeah, I'm running around with my family being annoyed that I keep talking about it. They're probably having the same thing. Like, I'm sure that they have people like, oh my gosh, I get it. Your guitar is really great. Like, Okay, because <laughs> yeah. um, I know that they talk about it a lot. I know yeah. that they're really invested in it, and it is yeah, it is a tribe. It is it's a little community, and it's just it's amazing to be part of. So yeah. I don't, I, I don't remember what your original question was. <laughs> no, honestly, I relate to what you just said so much because I've had so many friends over. I'm like, look at look at look at this armrest. <laughs> like, yes. Like look yes. at the armrest on the th- on this thing. It's not on any other guitar that I've seen. And like. Now I have I feel part of that tribe yeah. like like a lot of those other artists as well, but a few things that you said. First off, the grades and the studying and the school yeah. I can relate with that as well. I just dropped an episode a few few episodes ago on how I've I'm just not a good student. My mind is always elsewhere, and I've always wanted to help people. That's a huge reason why I started this podcast was sure. I want to motivate people every week to to get into careers. Maybe they don't need school. Right, you know what I mean? Right. Another thing is music and sales and stuff like that. The The hard thing is, I think that most people have in sales is selling things they don't like. Right. For me, it'd be so cool to sell a guitar instead of like ad space. Sure. Ad space is whatever. But going to someone being like, look, I believe in this guitar. I know it's quality and I know you need it and that you're going to love it. Yes. 
and actually know you're telling the truth and not like yes. manipulating them into <laughs> right. like buying something. <laughs> right. That's right. really, really cool. I have a personal set of values that mm-hmm. I'm going to adhere to no matter what. Yeah. Which is why I left real estate. Um, it just did <laughs> not adhere with who I was. And it is, I mean, it's inspiring to connect with someone. It's really cool to have my Teton shirt on or a jacket or something, be walking down the street and have somebody even stop me and say, oh, you know, hey, I like your shirt. You, you, mm-hmm. I I own a Teton or I've played a Teton or maybe they just know something about the company, maybe even Oh, my buddy Parker Kane just got a Teton. You know, it's just, (laughs) it's so cool to have those connections. And um, we actually have a hashtag, I'm going to make a little plug here, called Friend of Teton. That is really fun to dig through and see where those different people have come from and kind of connect with them and ask questions. Where did you learn about the brand? Mm -hmm. How did you come to find us? You know, a lot of people, it's just they walked into a shop and it was on the wall and it looked good and it sounded good. But more and more, I think we're getting word of mouth referral Mm -hmm. and they're throwing a name out there. And then I know that person, which is really extra cool. Like, oh, I went to a show and saw, you know, Kenny Lee Young playing your guitar. And I've heard him perform a couple of times and he pointed me in the direction of a shop. And then we know that those things are working, which just for me, it fuels my fire of mm-hmm. what we're doing. It it really, you know, like I can't imagine not being here. And that's not just because of the time investment. It's just kind of like a heartstrings thing, if you will. Yeah, and that's part of you. Yes, it really, I mean, I'm not kidding, guys. Like I wrote a blog post about being a Teton evangelical because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like a missionary or something out there spreading the good word of Teton. Like I just talk <laughs> about awesome. it all the time like it's kind of ridiculous um and anybody i can convince to like follow us on instagram watch our youtube channel you know mm-hmm. um come just get a guitar come try yeah. a guitar you know oh well i don't play a guitar well do you know somebody who does <laughs> you know could i talk to yeah. them like i'm just always trying to build and make that connection and yeah. stuff because music connects everybody mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what walk of life you're from what your history is where you grew up everyone i think has a story about music even people that don't play instruments getting back from the nam convention recently which is the national association of music merchants so it's a thing that we go to every year it's huge and you'll see people walking around who are outwardly very different from we Mm -hmm. are we're from a little town in idaho (laughs) we're kind of you know in this rural community and stuff and you've got these really big wig music producers and rock stars and and then just your average person just walking around but they're all there because yeah. of music where is nam at so it takes place in anaheim um okay. california for the winter show they do two shows a year so the winter show is in january in california and then the summer show is usually in june or july and that actually takes place in nashville okay um regardless of which show you're going to you're going there because of music mm-hmm. and you just get to meet People from all walks of life. You get from to... all over. Uh, this podcast show is largely about finding and pursuing your passion. Was Teton Guitars like a passion-based business or like a startup? Like did they just really, really love guitars? Um, or how does passion play a role for Teton Guitars today? That's a good one. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think it did start that way. 
We've always treated Teton like a startup company, mm-hmm. even though Chesbro Music has been in business for 110, 112 years. Oh. We've, we treated Teton like a startup company mm-hmm. because no one had heard the name ever because it didn't exist, obviously. <laughs> so we had, yeah. <laughs> we had a lot of work to um, get it into the marketplace, the introduction. You know, the people here at the company excited about it. That's what really launched the brand was uh, there's a few people who worked on the, the initial steps of the project. And once we started getting prototypes in and uh, especially when we got our first steel string in, because the factory only made classicals. We had to work with them and kind of coaching them how to make a steel string model. Mm-hmm. Um, when that first steel string model came in, it was I remember there was a there was a meeting happening and the prototype came in through the uh, postal service came airmail and I got it out and started strumming on it and everyone else was in a meeting and I like just opened the meeting door. I was like, I didn't care what they're talking about. I walked in and I set it up on the table here and I was like, play that guitar. That's our, that's the future of the company is that guitar right there. And it, it was that guitar that we set down, that prototype became our STS 105 NT model, which has been our best-selling model since that year, every year. Wow, wait, what'd you say? That's what you own. So you own that oh, guitar that's the with, I the, have? with the armrest. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so yeah, we, we added the armrest to it a, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But we still make the base model, and that base model is still our number one selling instrument um, from that first, that because that guitar came in in year two. From year two on, that was our best-selling guitar always has been even last year I, I two weeks ago i did numbers to kind of wrap up 2018 as the number one guitar for 2018 hey, and you knew you called it <laughs> yep i try sometimes <laughs> yeah um but it, so it's always been um really about the passion for music about uh giving people the opportunity to create uh their own art mm-hmm. and and have an have something that they can actually afford uh that's still still our goal every day you know when i i have the uh on the website there's a email address you can if you just want to write in directly to teton so it's info at tetonguitars.com is the email address okay all of those emails come directly to me um but it's people asking hey what's the nut width on this guitar what's the fretboard radius can you make it in this special one-off <laughs> craziness. And I, you know, I try and respond back to every single one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I always thank the people that they're creating music because yeah. that's what it's about. You know, even if they're ticked off cause you know, something happened and the headstock broke off and they don't know what to do with the guitar and they're mad. I I'm like, Hey, we can resolve problems. We'll see what we can do for you. Thanks for picking Teton and thanks for making art with Teton guitars. If, if they're, angry about something that flips it mm-hmm. they're like hey you know thanks for making cool guitars bring brings back the focus yeah so that's what i try and do i try and end mm-hmm. every email just thanking them for what they're doing yeah making the guitar part is easy creating music and you know creating that community that's the that's the challenging part especially mm-hmm. right now like yeah stuff's so divided and so people are all have to be mad about something all the time but i can sit down with someone who i disagree with and we can both start jamming and get get along yeah and, and be best friends for that mm-hmm. moment you know that's yeah. what music's about 
Actually, so I served a, a mission for the LDS church for two years in Oregon. And when I was there, because everyone in Oregon, they're either super not religious or they're very into their own religion already. And to be a missionary there was kind of hard because everyone didn't want to talk to you. But I'm a professional beatboxer. And so I didn't, I mean, luckily I didn't have to have an instrument on, on my person all the time. You know, I could just use my mouth. But beatboxing was how I got over that all the time people would like I'd come up to someone and they'd already be frustrated with me and like not want to talk about religion or something uh but I was like hey do you like beatboxing and and if it was someone under the age of like 40 they were like yeah I do I love it and then I'd show them and if it's someone older they're like I don't even know what that is that I'd show them and then they'd love it and it was kind of that that thing that brought me closer to someone uh even though the situation at first was going to be a really tough situation Mm-hmm. So I can really relate with that. Uh, but another thing this podcast show is about is overcoming trial. Um, so what are some like road, road bumps and hard things you guys have been through on this process? Uh, the One of the toughest things that happened uh, was in year three, I think, the factory actually had a big fire. Oh, man. And the fire wasn't here. So it was over at our uh, Chinese factory. And the top two levels burnt wow like they just yeah they had to stop production Mm -hmm. and we had huge purchase orders in because teton we're just like getting our name out there some models um just we're seeing huge tremendous growth and then it was like oh we don't have anything and people were calling we need guitars we need guitars people are asking about guitars so all this work we had done for three years uh all of a sudden it felt like it was right at the tipping point like it could just Mm -hmm. Just totally disappear. So yeah. uh, we spent a lot of time with the factory. Uh, we wanted to make sure that they're doing okay, you know, because it was a huge hit for them. And by by this time, we'd built a very strong relationship. You know, they're kind of like our family. Mm-hmm. Over over across the sea, we uh, I've spent time over there. I, you know, the factory owner. I've had dinner with him multiple times, and uh, his daughter and I talk all the time and dream up all these crazy ideas for guitars so that was hard because i mean we were we felt it in our cells Mm -hmm. in you know people being upset because they needed the product and the product wasn't there but that was their yeah that was their life you know their everything they'd worked to build was to build that factory uh they were able to get back up and get production going and got stuff out and producing beautiful amazing guitars again so that was the start. That was like a huge road bump because it really happened right when we were getting our feet in people's doors. Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were like, hey, we exist, we exist. And then people are like, hey, you exist. And then we're like, we don't have anything. <laughs> we don't have any guitars right now. <laughs> so yeah. that was really, that was probably the most challenging in the nine years that I've been here. That was, that was the biggest road bump that we had. Since then, it's been pretty smooth going. We've, uh, we we just been growing. We have stores um, up in Vermont, like right up against the border of Canada. We have mm-hmm. a store that does really well outside of, um, is it Philadelphia? Mm-hmm. We have a guy, he started with just our ukuleles down in Miami. And now he, he's, he started with like, a shop probably about the size of this room, you know, 15 by 15 or whatever. And now he's grown it into 
this store that's uh, this great local music store, and he's done. He's kind of started with Teton. Wow. We were one of the first people who gave him a line of credit and allowed him to order. And he only started with ukuleles because that's all he could really afford. And that's all his little shop could hold. Mm-hmm. And he's grown it into this wonderful music store. And so seeing stuff like that and seeing the expansion and uh, we had people come up at this last NAM show from North Carolina and he just like walked into the booth and he's like, I want to sell your guitars. I've been, I've seen them. How do I do that? So it's stuff like that has just been great. A lot of word of mouth and, you know, one player handing it to another player and then playing it and being like, oh, this is awesome. And then they tell someone else about it and tell someone else about it. So Jen, sorry, I'm just talking a lot. The microphone's right in front of me. So I just keep talking. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like behind the scenes, when we started to get that traction and get bigger, we were approached by multiple people wanting to produce video content for us. You know, hey, I'm a videographer. I I really like your stuff. Maybe I own the guitar or I've heard of it, or I just really want to get more into music production. Let me make this video for you. By the way, that's $2,500. Oh, well, we're a small family owned company in the middle of Idaho. You know, those those kind of things maybe had not occurred to us yet that we needed some additional things to back us up. So that's kind of where our studio that we built came into. And that was so much trial and error. So I cannot even begin to tell you how much trial and error. I mean, Keep in mind, too, that I'm sitting in a meeting one day and say, if we could just do this ourselves, we wouldn't have to pay this guy $2,500 times 10, you know, however many videos he creates, it's $2,500 every time we have a photography room downstairs. Could we use it to do video? And then it was kind of like, great, why don't you figure out how to do that? Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I guess we're building a studio now. Yeah. So I have photography experience. I've been a hobbyist photographer and even a professional photographer for you know a long time but I didn't have any experience with video so thankfully we have the internet and <laughs> a lot of things at our fingertips but that doesn't negate trial and error so we have this old set that we're trying to kind of revive and it was this crazy bright red color but our color is orange how are we going to are we going to just build a new set can we just buy some orange paint? Um, by the way, to cover red with orange takes about four coats of paint, <laughs> oh, plus gosh. the two coats of primer that you did previously. It was very hard to cover. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, just things that we thought, oh, this will take us, we'll have a set ready in like three days because mm-hmm. all we have to do is paint this wall. Yeah. But then it was three weeks because yeah. the red's still showing through and we're trying to decide, do we scrap the whole thing? And, you know, it can feel a little discouraging to have this great idea and have that momentum and be so excited and you solve the problem and now you don't have to spend all that money. You're going to do it yourself. You're going to have creative control, but then you're just kind of like hitting the wall that you're trying to paint and there's paint everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then realizing like, oh, we're in a concrete room and now we need soundproofing. I have absolutely no idea how to soundproof a room. This is not anything I've ever had to do. All trial and error. What happens if we put this light here? What happens if we put this microphone here? What happens if Mm -hmm. we turn this light down? You know, we're trying to get an optimal setting, something that looks good, that we don't have to go through this every time that it's just set up and ready. It's just there. That was a huge kind of like a 
mental roadblock, if you will. Like I had a lot of personal discouragement. Like, why did I ever suggest this? It's never going to happen. We've spent so much time and resources. And then suddenly it was done. And we're kind of looking around like, oh my gosh, like you guys, we did something. (laughs) We did something and it worked. And now what do we do though? Like we built it and now what do we do? Well, obviously we have to film. Well, who's going to run the camera? Oh, well, I guess Jeremy can run the camera and, oh wait, Jeremy wants to be on camera. So I guess Jen can run the camera and who's going to sit in with Jeremy? Who's going to host? Like it was just this whole thing. We just had to figure out every single step. And, you know, you could watch YouTube videos all day long of this is how this guy did it, but we needed to find our own voice and we needed to figure out what made sense for Teton, what was on brand, what fit with that. And, um, we, we did it. And the really, for me, the most amazing, just almost magical thing is that the phrase is, if you build it, they will come. And that is what has happened. We get so many requests of people saying, hey, we love your YouTube channel. How do we get on it? That is not anything I ever imagined would happen mm-hmm. when I was painting the fourth coat of orange paint. <laughs> like yeah. I never imagined at that point in the process that we would have a wait list for performers on our channel. Like yeah. it kind of gives me chills really, honestly. Like I'm kind yeah. of blown away by how hard that was to get started and then it just fell into place Mm -hmm. but we put the work in keep putting that work in nothing that we do here just happened we work really really hard to have those strong connections Mm -hmm. and to always be humble you know it's something i hear all the time and that sounds not humble to be (laughs) saying oh people love us but people (laughs) but people do love us because we're down to earth Mm -hmm. and i don't think that any of us here take for granted that we're only nine years in you know, yeah. that can be such a long time, but really it's no time at all. It's a beginning. Yeah. And we're a grassroots movement. I mean, you guys, we just like, we're a little company from Idaho, mm-hmm. you know, and we are getting national attention, national dealers. That's not lost on us, I guess mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. It's not lost on us that we yeah. started with four classical guitars and now we have a whole line of steel string and still some classical instruments that people are looking for it's pretty amazing (laughs) (laughs) yeah gosh so many good points (laughs) in that i mean number one hard work you know and i again i can relate even with this podcast i've done a lot of stuff in my life but more most recently this podcast everything i learned was youtube but youtube couldn't teach me to actually do it exactly you know like it taught me the what equipment to buy it taught me like how how to get started and what hosting site could put it on Spotify and iTunes and all this stuff. But like it couldn't make me actually do it. It gives you a formula, mm-hmm. but then you're kind of on your own. Yeah. Well, and right? like, like you with the four coats of paint on the wall and feeling discouraged, like at the start of, of this podcast, like, great. Now I got to interview people and I feel like I suck at interviewing mm-hmm. people, you know, and oh, great. Like, right. You're invested. You have to do it at yep, that point. Exactly. Right? And one thing I was so scared of, though, was booking people. And if I'd have enough content to keep it a weekly podcast, sure. that that was my, like my number one worry. But like you said, build it and they'll come. Right. I built the podcast like this platform's going to be what I work on now. 
and more than 50 people reached out like instantly fantastic yeah on facebook like i was like on facebook hey guys it's january i'm starting a podcast i didn't really think anything would happen (laughs) to be honest they're like oh he's not doing music anymore it's like (laughs) no i'm gonna do all of it still but but i'm starting a podcast more than 50 people reached out i mean why and it's because i built something and they came right yes but more important what you said is people want to have a voice yes and I think with your YouTube studio and the things that you're doing you're creating the platform where a bunch of music artists feel like they have a voice and like and that's why they're lining up to be on your YouTube mm-hmm. channel you know uh, and then with the podcast maybe that's why people are coming to the podcast is it's a voice for them Yes. Um, and then last point was quality of relationships and networking. Um, I just had a really good conversation with Dusty Draper, who's uh, an award-winning celebrity photographer in Nashville. And he talked about how networking is like the the thing that he attributes all his success to. Absolutely. And thinking just of this conversation with you guys right now, it wouldn't exist. None of this would exist if you didn't hit me up on Instagram one day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like you sent me a quick message like, you got a podcast. What's it take to be on it? And I'm just like, let's work something out and make it happen. You yeah. know? Yeah. And now it's like I'm loyal to Teton Guitars forever. And <laughs> the one I'm ha- so glad <laughs> and so grateful. <laughs> right. It's just you never know what could totally shift everything (laughs) we have an artist on our endorsed roster list her name's cherish mcgrath um degraff did i i just said that wrong cherish degraff and she's down in provo utah area anyway um her and i have a little joke that um a hashtag changed her life yeah because i am running social media it's my job to kind of be abreast of what's happening out there who's using our stuff that kind of a thing all I'm doing is scrolling through the Teton Guitars hashtag one day and I see this stunning photo. Keep in mind, I have photography experience, so a good image yeah. really speaks to me. I see this stunning photo of this girl playing or holding one of our guitars in the middle of this field of cherry trees. I mean, just like the most wow. stunning beautiful kind of this bohemian vibe setting and I'm immediately like who is this girl mm-hmm. like she took her Teton guitar to a professional photographer to use as a prop like why what is she doing is she a musician you know I just I just had to know more about her come to find out she's a singer-songwriter young kid she's sitting in her bedroom she's writing music she's posting a few things just to her Instagram. She wasn't really doing music like full time. It was just something Um, she loves. Just something she loves. She found this guitar that really fit her. She plays our range model, which is a little bit of a smaller body. She's kind of shorter and had always had a hard time playing an acoustic. They were kind Mm -hmm. of too big and clunky. Finds this guitar, falls in love with it. Now I'm seeing her constantly. It's like she bought the guitar. She had the photo shoot. We're kind of becoming friends. I reach out a little bit. Next thing I know, she wants to come and visit us. Hey, I'm only three and a half hours away. I'd love to come up and say hi. She comes up. She meets us. She's phenomenally talented, has this really unique voice, this great vibe, all this stuff. Like, 
she's now an endorsed artist. Mm -hmm. Like never in her wildest dreams did she imagine that using a hashtag Mm -hmm. would build into this huge relationship with us, but also other people. And now she's networking and she's meeting people. And it's just like, it's so amazing how just one little thing can tip off like this whole series of events, you know? And never did I even know that, I would see her use this hashtag and she would end up on our artist roster. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, she re-upped her contract last fall and we're on like year three working with her and we get to be part of her story and part of her growth. And that's just, again, that's like magic to me. It's just, it's really inspiring to see how our little passion project (laughs) and wanting to make good guitars just has like affected so much. Yeah, you know? it's blown and, up, changed a lot of people. Yeah, and it's music, and it brings us all together, and that's yeah. just really cool. So cool. Well, I only have one more question for you, um, and that is, who are some like reputable artists that use your guitars that like maybe people listening would recognize? Oh, okay. Um, whew, this is like a really braggy kind of moment, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I have a hard time kind of talking about this sometimes. I never want to be like oh, let's just name drop really quick here. Um, (laughs) But the reality is, as we're getting bigger, we are getting Mm -hmm. more attention. So um, the first one that comes to mind is Kent Nolan. And people probably don't recognize him just by his name. Um, Again, I found him through a hashtag. He owned two guitars, and that immediately piqued my interest. Also, his caption said, I'm recording my first album and all I'm using are these two beautiful Teton guitars. Wow. So I really had to know who he was. Started chatting with him, and um, he is the guitarist for Lindsey Sterling. And awesome. plays huge venues, huge sold-out shows. I did not actually know that until after we had contracted him. And mm-hmm. he is such a down-to-earth person. It was like a side note. Oh, hey, by the way... When I send my bio, you're going to see that I play with Lindsey Sterling, and I probably should have mentioned that. I'm sorry, you play with who? What? Um, you know, that was just a really cool, really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that wasn't, he could have easily come to us and said, hey, I play for Lindsey Sterling, mm-hmm. and we probably would have immediately been interested. He did it yeah. all on his own merits. It's just, it's kind of a cool footnote, you know? Um, I think probably like our, biggest um guy we have 24 artists on our roster right now um roger fisher um is i mean he has a very long-standing resume in music Mm -hmm. but he founded the band heart way back in i don't know the 80s 70s probably before (laughs) i was alive sorry roger we really love you um (laughs) so you know this is the guy that wrote barracuda wow everybody knows that song right everybody knows that riff that guy owns two teton guitars a steel string and a classical and was on vacation in sandpoint idaho Killing Time walked into a music shop. The guy owns um, just a little, little, I mean, again, you guys, we're in a 15 by 15 room, and I'm going to guess that this shop is about that size. You know, he Mm -hmm. has six hooks on the wall. Half of them are Teton. And, hey, Roger, good to see you. You should play this guitar. I think you'd really like it. And the guy ends up buying two guitars and reaches out and wants to be part of our roster. I mean. That's awesome. I'm blown away by that, right? Like, it's Mm -hmm. like. 
I've spoken on the phone with the guy who wrote this song that when I was in high school, we did for a talent show. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's crazy. That is that's, sweet. That's just absolutely crazy. So, um, I mean, again, like, it just takes one little thing. Yeah. Well, so, I've seen him, because I, th- I didn't really know what Teton Guitars was at first, but I was obsessed with the logo because I had seen it on guitars in Rexburg. Sure. Um, in fact, I, I'm pretty sure I saw... Uh, their name is escaping me. The National Parks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're a pretty big deal. They are. And yeah. and I have seen their front man playing Teton guitars. Mm-hmm. Yep. I didn't know at the time it was Teton, right. but I saw the logo <laughs> and I was like, that's such a sick guitar. Like how do I find one like that? Yeah. Of course he'd have it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just like, yes. Well, and you know, the band name, the National Parks. Um mm-hmm. Teton Guitars, which Grand Teton National Park kind of made sense. And that was a group that Ben had actually seen at a festival, right? The Questival Questival. that is um, sponsored by Code Epoxy, which is like an outdoor, you know, company. Um, And he, you know, we're sitting in a meeting. I think that's how most of our crazy harebrained things start. We're just having brainstorm sessions. So I was like, hey, guys, I really like this band. Their name is The National Parks. We're Teton. Wouldn't that be kind of funny? And we reached out to his management, and he came and met with us in person. They were coming to play a show in Rexburg. They're Mm -hmm. um, really popular in this area. and. We just love those guys. Like we, we are so lucky that every single musician that we have put on our roster is just not just phenomenally talented, but just good people. Genuine. Just amazing people. We've we have yet to partner with somebody that and and we just wouldn't partner with somebody we didn't feel confident in. But we're just so lucky that we've never really had to turn anybody down because mm-hmm. they've all been phenomenal to begin with. Yeah. Just I th- I think there's something about being a grassroots musician that breeds humbleness, you know, mm-hmm. because it's just you. It's kind yeah. of you against the world. You're the kid sitting in your room writing songs who... Now you're playing a stage in Rexburg, Idaho. And I mean, if you talk to the guys in that band, the National Parks, like, I don't think they ever thought that they would be where they are right now. You know, it's just this like ever evolving thing. So, yeah. Well, it says something about you guys and your brand. You're attracting the best of the best. We that's the goal. (laughs) <laughs> that's not really it. I mean, not the total goal, but it is one of them. Um, yeah. You know, we, well, this is Ben's role and I just have adopted it in everything. If it's not easy and if it's not fun, we're not going to do it. And that doesn't mean everything is easy, right? We talked about the studio and the factory fire yeah. and things like that. But just in our relationships and stuff, we do not want to partner with somebody who's not easy to deal with like and who isn't fun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We can't be immune to the fact that they're out there. So, yeah. um, you know, we are we are picky about who we work with, but we're really lucky that the people that have come to us have um, just already been that way. Yeah. So. Just naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, is there anything that you or Ben would like to mention before ending the podcast? I've talked way more than I ever talk in a normal hour. So <laughs> I think I'm okay. Thank you for coming. And um, the only thing I want to add is to just follow us on social media. 
We love making friends. Mm-hmm. If you own a Teton, use our uh, friend of Teton hashtag or Teton guitars. That just helps us find you and connect with you. So everything that we're on, it's just Teton guitars. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube. You can just search Teton guitars and we're right there. We would love to connect with you. Have you reach out, tell us how much you love your guitar, or if you're not loving your guitar, let us help you. And, um, you know, let's just be friends and make music. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for, for being on Upbeat. Thank you.